0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi al-Tahirin Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa alihi Muhammad wa al-Jil Tonight is going to be more introductory uh, for us to warm up a little bit, no pun intended. You know, it's cold outside and the heater's not working so we had to put these up. <laughs> these little space heaters here. But Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, that's not a problem. Just when you want to start, the weather goes bad, you know? Anyway, so this is going to be an introductory session. We just want to know what we're going to be doing and uh, what to expect. So I'm going to give an overview of everything. But first, a few points before I get into the actual book. And that is my story. I want to share with you my story a little bit first. When I went to Qom, I went for one purpose only. And that was this. (laughs) Really it was actually this book right here When I went to Qum um, And Growing up in America, you know, we would hear Lectures of Ayatollah Jawadi i Didn't understand anything of it Right, none of it was understandable to me I still remember, I went to Salatul Jummah, He was speaking Ayatollah Jawadi, the one that's on the flyer You know, the picture of that scholar that's on the flyer For this class actually And so I went to Jum'ah and he was the Imam of the Jum'ah and he was speaking and I had just gone to Iran I mean my Farsi wasn't anything great and so I didn't understand anything of what he was saying I was like will the day come that I understand what he's saying fast forward like 10, 12, 15 years and I'm sitting there I'm like oh my god remember that day when this happened this is one of his books and I still remember I was in my second year of Hosa, and I was telling my friend who was senior to me I was like I want to work on this book but I don't understand it. He's like, we can start, you know, uh, uh, studying it together. And, uh, but never went through it, actually, because I was introduced to a real living scholar of akhlaq. And so we spent our years going to him. When it comes to akhlaq, and when you say akhlaq, that's a term that's used very broadly. Okay? Sometimes it can refer to etiquettes and adab. Yeah, sometimes it refers to the mustahabbat of things. Sometimes it refers to spiritual wayfaring and spirituality and stuff like that. And that's what this book is all about. And that's what some, usually people are interested in and are looking for. Uh, the, the thing is that when it comes to akhlaq, when it comes to spiritual wayfaring, there is an active ingredient or there are some active ingredients that actually push you in the right direction and allow you to make gains spiritually. There are other things that are seen as akhlaq or spiritual wayfaring, but they're not actually the active ingredient. What are they? They are giving you an understanding of how it works. Okay? They are giving you an understanding of what this journey looks like. What are the things that are supposed to happen for a person who is traversing with this path and this, is, is on this journey? Right? This book and the likes of this book, will not tell you okay now is the time to do this now is time to do that if you're at this level do this if you're at that level do that what this book is is the journey in words what is to expect what is to be expected of a person who's trying to traverse this path what are some of the obstacles what are some of the ways to remove these obstacles that get in the way of one growing spiritually and then finally <clears throat> It talks about things that it's not supposed to talk about <laughs> Which are the actual levels that these people, spiritual wayfarers, go through What they experience Not what they see, no, what they feel as their faith, as their iman is strengthened more and more Okay, These things sometimes, it might be better not to share it with people, do you know why? Because it's like that kid who watches uh, a motivational workout video sees people that are like 15 years into body building and training and they want to be like that person, and they will go overboard to get to that sooner it takes a long time, it takes a lifetime, now spiritual growth versus physical growth is much harder and, and, and that's why I'm not a very spiritual person myself, so we're going to be reading this together the, the good thing about it is, that it gives us an overview of how things kind of look on this path of spiritual growth, right? And so tonight, I want to share with you what is in this book. Just, through, just go through the table of context, which is, which is like 400 pages actually. This itself is going to take a while. But before that, let me just make sure that there's anything I missed. Yes. One more thing is that uh, not everything will apply to us that's in this book as well. We have to understand. And that's why I will begin with the formula for spiritual growth. I will begin with that. If a person is not living up to that formula, this is going to be kind of a waste of time. Yes? It's not going to help. It'll give you a good feeling. It'll give you a spiritual high, let's call it. But it's not going to do the work. There are people who will know these things. There will be people who will ask you questions or ask me questions about things I haven't even heard of before. But that person might not be very high because, spiritually, why? because the formula is not being adhered to the formula is very very clear and I wish I had brought the books with me, I didn't books of letters of scholars to people who had asked them questions about spiritual growth when you look at those letters in those letters you will find that the, the one thing that is common in all of them or even if it's not mentioned in those letters but it's a given it's, it's seen as something that's of course it's a given everyone knows this much is the matter of taqwa in the sense of the wajib and haram if someone wants to spiritually grow the wajib and haram are the, what are the glue that allow other things to stick to this person and work and do what they need to do or else wajib and haram is not taken care of none of this is going to work none of this is going to help that's number one in addition to that once wajib and haram is taken care of, yes, once wajib and haram is taken care of, a person is confident now that they've reached that point where No more sinning is taking place deliberately. Sometimes it'll happen, yes, we'll make mistakes, we're not masoom, they get back up on their feet But a, an active effort is being made to make sure that everything is in accordance with the sharia and the law of God Once that's taken care of then these ulama that have gone this path will tell you there are certain mustahabbat also, that you add to that list of things, one after another. And it gets pretty hard. It gets pretty hard. Sometimes you get this feeling that, and you won't find this part in books by the way. Not too many books out there that will talk about the practical side of things. But sometimes you get this feeling (laughs) that these these greats, they want to Make you understand that no matter how much you do, it's not enough And you kind of lose hope in your own actions And you develop this more, let's call it, reliance on God that He takes your hand Sometimes along the way, we will get this feeling that is my ibadah It's my worship that's going to get me somewhere That itself is shirk, we'll talk about that, it talks about it in the book as well But having said all of that, that's the formula, it's very simple it's very simple, just like a person who wants to stay fit They just have to clean up their diet And just do some cardio throughout the day That's about it, till the rest of their life For the rest of, that's enough for them They will be in shape inshallah <laughs> Yes, at least 80% in shape Yeah Same very simple formula for spiritual growth That's it That's it But if a person doesn't have that Then all of this is a waste of time, in my opinion and That's why when I... <laughs> My, that second year of Hosa that I was telling you about, when I went to my friend with this book, I was like, I want to look at this, I want to read this, I want to learn this, but it's too hard for me. After a while, I put it away, actually. Now's the first time I'm picking it up again. After how many years? Three, two, five, about 17, 18 years I'm picking this book up again. Uh, I'll explain what the book is No, no, it's not in English Or else you wouldn't be here No, but the, uh, <laughs> the back page is in English Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we do in Iran We put the back in English So everyone thinks that there's an English part No, no, it's just the, just the back cover <laughs> yeah, This one doesn't have it So this book is one book of a series of books uh, This is number 11 um, Of Ayatullah Jawadi Amuli This is a thematic tafsir series he has Tafsir sometimes is uh, in, uh, it's a t- tafsir that sometimes goes according to verses of the Qur'an and surahs Sometimes no, it goes by themes, it's thematic Which means this theme of the Qur'an, what does the Qur'an say about it? And they'll write a, t- a thematic tafsir on that concept For example, one of them will be the sirah of the Prophet in the Qur'an Thematic tafsir I don't know which volume that is I was going to bring those two, it's just too much So I have five or six of them, there's a, there's a good number of them Seerah of the Holy Prophet in the Qur'an. I don't know, volume number four, for example. Qur'an dar Qur'an. <coughs> the Qur'an in the Qur'an. That's the first volume. Right? That's also a, thick, uh, a book itself. Yeah, All of these different things. Then you'll have number ten, which is the preliminary concepts of akhlaq, or the philosophy of akhlaq. That one is a deep one. Like, I picked it up and I put it back down. I said this is not for, for us. But number eleven... <coughs> Has more to do with, as I said, it gives you that map, it gives you that outline of how things are supposed to look, where the place of everything is. What is that order and logical sequence of things when it comes to akhlaq and akhlaqi growth and spiritual growth? like, yeah. So this is uh, Ayatollah Jawadi's Thematic Tafsir series. Number 11 is this one that we're covering, Marahil Akhlaq, dar Quran. And once again, we have two things here, two terms here, Marahil Akhlaq, which I explained both. Akhlaq has different is used in different ways. Here, when you look through the book, he doesn't use the word akhlaq as much as the word seeru suluk. Yes, seeru suluk is a word that's used a lot in Farsi for spiritual wayfaring. It means spiritual wayfaring. So, akhlaq when he says here marahila akhlaq, the the marahid, marahid is the plural of marhala, which means uh, is that Urdu too? Stage. Yeah, stage right. Stages of really it's spiritual wayfaring, I would call it. So akhlaq here, you can tell he's using it in the narrower sense of the term, which is spiritual wayfaring, because he keeps repeating that word in, his, in the different chapters here. He's also written this book based on another book's sequence. Uh, the, 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 the great uh, Khajir Nasiruddin At-Tusi, he has a book on spiritual wayfaring. He has written this book based on that, on that book. That book is called... Syrian Ethics. Oh wow, really? This in English? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Awsaf al-Ashraf it's called. So they've kind of, tra- they haven't translated it, but that's, in but that's what it is, it's probably the same book. Yeah, Attributes of the Noble. Uh, yeah, asra- Awsaf al-Ashraf, Attributes of the Noble Ones, yeah. So what was it, that was Nasirian Ethics, huh? So they're yeah, attributing what? to Nasir. Yeah, There's a book called Assyrian Ethics. but this one, the exact translation is attributed to the novel ones. Oh, there's another book too that's been translated to English. Oh wow, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's based it on this, but he has critique of that book as well and the sequence that is there. So he's he's incorporated all of that into this volume of his work. Okay, so I'm gonna go through this and we're gonna spend our time tonight uh, going through what to expect from A to Z Hopefully we have enough time to go through all of it As I said I want Well tonight might go a little over But we're going to try to keep it between 30 to 40 minutes So people have Because people have lives <laughs> someone, has, someone said people have lives and wives <laughs> So they, uh, it, I said it's the same thing My wife is my life right That's what we're told to say So uh, people have lives to get to So we don't want to take too much of your time It's a close drive So no one's going to come and say Oh it was only 30 minutes not worth it we want a three hour program or something. No, no, it's close by. It just come. As alaykum. Has it let's, do, let's do a couple pages. Let's go, you know? That kind of thing. Just get a dose. I'm sorry for the ones who are coming from farther out. You're not going to get your drive's worth, but forgive me on that. All right. He has divided the book into three parts and sections. Section one is the uh, obstacles of. You see right here, he doesn't say akhlaq anymore. He says. <laughs> So this is the mavana And the obstacles of uh Luke Spiritual wayfaring So that's the first section I'll go through the details later Second section The stages of Removing the obstacles of Spiritual wayfaring And then number three It's talking about the Maqamat And those the, the, the levels And the high ranks of the orafa And the stages of actual spiritual wayfaring Where Where it becomes You know It's just talk We'll go through it Becomes talk, people have to experience it It's not something that We can really talk about But they're sharing with us whatever they have So we thank them for that as well Alright, so let's go, section number one He says He has Six, seven Yes, seven chapters here The first one being Ghafla Ghafla means what? Heedlessness and negligence It's different than Nisyan Nisyan means forgetfulness, right? Sometimes you know something You forget it. Sometimes you know something's very important, yet you still forget it. Yeah? That's one thing. Sometimes you don't even understand the importance of something. That's negligence. There's a difference between Nisyan and Ghafla. So Ghafla, he says, cherke jan. it's the filth of the soul. If that is not taken care of, then then we're in big trouble. We're asleep. So he goes through different things regarding that for about 20-30 pages. And the different levels of awakening as well. So for him, there isn't just one level of awakening. There's many levels of awakening. He talks about ghafla in ibadah. He talks about the, 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 the solution to this. He talks about dhikr and how important dhikr is and so on. And some other things that I'm skipping right now. That's in the chapter on ghafla. Then he goes into the whispers, academic whispers. وَسْوَسَيِّ ilmi. And there he talks about how certain... Knowledge can sometimes cause a problem for us Yeah So knowledge is, is Knowledge is always good in and of itself But our perception of that can sometimes be a problem for us Although that knowledge is divine knowledge even the, the, uh, Knowledge of the religion even It might be But it can cause problems The third one is He calls it Being delusional Yeah it talks about living in an illusion in this world, in this life. Talks about the origin of this, ill being delusional and seeing things the way they're not not seeing things the way they really are. Talks about the results of this and what this entails and the problems it entails. And he gives some examples as well. Fourth chapter talks about the, the intellect and the mind. And he says, look, I'll just say this much for this one. Uh, I'm just saying all this so you guys know. What to look forward to Because I'm, I'm pretty excited I want to see what he says about these things I took a look at it He says That the aql And the mind Sometimes at a certain level of a person Of a person's spiritual wayfaring Is But Once that person moves on to the next level of spiritual growth That aql becomes aqal Aqal is that thing they use to tie A camel's knees So it can't walk anymore So atl sometimes gets in the way of a person's growth, if they've outgrown that level of aql. What does that even mean? And I hope he opens these up more, but let's see how much he does. (laughs) And then he talks about the battle and the war between aql and the qalb. Between love and intellect. There's a whole battle between love and intellect. He covers that as well. Mm. Alright, that's chapter number four. Chapter number five, he talks about um, egotism and being uh, nafs-centered and this one he, t- he dedicates a lot of pages to this one he talks about how the, the minor jihad and struggle is a preliminary step to the major one he talks about different things, he comes down to making haq the center of our life and not the khud, the me, the I he talks about the stupidity of a person who is self-centered yes, and is ego- egotistic Talks about how, that's how it's stupidity even. Talks about the wilayah of Allah versus the wulayah of shaitan. Talks about the fate of those who have this self-centeredness and the, the outcomes of that. And then finally with his ends with the grace of Allah. Sixth chapter talks about the hiding places of shaitan and where he ambushes us. First he talks about fighting shaitan. He talks about satanic freedom. Freedom can sometimes be satanic. Talks about what the sign is that we're actually winning in that battle we're having with Shaitan. What are the signs for that? How do I know I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting it right? He Talks about other things, the last part was pretty cool too, he talks about The student and the teacher of Shaitan. Sometimes the student learns things better than the teacher and becomes better than the teacher So the point he makes there is that sometimes Shaitan is your teacher But it reaches a point that now you teach (laughs) shaitan. Yeah. So these are all still in in the first section, right? These are some of the obstacles. And then he finally talks about materialism and just being too much in love with the dunya. Talks about refraining from salt water. We've all heard the hadith of of the dunya being like salt water. The more you drink it, the thirstier you get. Yeah. And then he talks about the greatest obstacle of suluk. And spiritual wayfaring Which is the dunya And then he talks about developing angelic Let's call it Traits And being like the angels And another birth for us Being born again And a lot of other things A lot of other things Talks about the unknown teachers of man Who are those teachers of ours That we don't even know there are teachers When it comes to spiritual wayfaring apparently All this under that final chapter of section 1 Okay so that's section 1 Section number two talks about getting rid of some of the obstacles and um, being ready, I guess, you can call it, for actual spiritual wayfaring. And it starts with what, he says? It starts with tawbah. So first chapter is on tawbah. But he has some terms here again that even I'm not too familiar with. And these are the parts that might not apply, these are things that might not apply to us sometimes because they're too hard. But just knowing them, might help in some way, or be motivational in, in one way or another. talks about general tawba, general tawbah and repentance, then specific khas, repentance, and then tawbah akhas, even more specific tawbah. So there's like three levels of tawbah, what are they? We'll have to see. How tawbah is a return to the Salat al Mustaqim, quality and quantity of tawbah, and so on. Then he goes to number two, zuhd. Zuhd, what is the definition of Zuhd? What is the sign of Zuhd? We always hear this word. The levels of Zuhd. This one's pretty interesting. I like this one. I actually read this one before and I liked it the way he looks at it. Zuhd in Zuhd. To have Zuhd of Zuhd. What does that mean? <laughs> That's like an oxymoron. To have Zuhd of Zuhd. Yeah. The fruits of dusting the heart, he calls the next one. Sitting with those whose hearts are sick, yeah, that's part of Zohd, to not sit with those whose hearts are sick, you know, not just detaching from some of the glittery stuff here, but even the people sometimes you have to stay away from, and then refining the heart he talks about as well. So that's chapter number two of section two. I'm reading all of this so you know what's coming, yes. And so that if you feel like this is not for you, you don't have to necessarily wait to see what, where we get to. These are the things that we'll be covering, inshallah. <coughs> Number three, Riyadhah. Riyadhah means to train. Yeah, it means to train yourself. Um, in, in Farsi we call those uh, Hindu gurus, we call them Murtaz. It comes from the same word riyaza, which means to train, you know. That vigorous training that you have is riyazat. In Arabic, riyada means sports. So you see, there's they're all linked together. Okay. I thought you were gonna say we can achieve it with sports. I thought you were gonna say, <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll see what he's talking about there. He says this is one of those. He says this is not a. This is not even a thing that takes you up. This is getting. This is getting rid of obstacles. Yeah. So we're still not even there yet. Yeah. As I said, the formula is what matters that we talked about in the beginning. The formula. Once we have that taken care of, this is just icing on the cake. I'll read through all of this. I might not even do any of this. but I still have that formula. Allah will take me through all of this inshallah, whether I like it or not. right? We just want to get an idea. We want more motivation. We want you know we want to have a little boost once a week, you know, just talk a little bit of akhlaq. you know. Yeah, so and he talks about the role of practice when it comes to akhlaqi issues in our lives. How, how, what a role practice plays Just because you didn't get it the first time doesn't mean you give up No, practice, practice, practice makes perfect inshallah Chapter number four, Muraqaba and Muhasaba And we've all heard this one Muraqaba means to uh, be vigilant And to uh, be careful every step of the way And Muhasaba means to go over what we've done in the past and, uh, and do some calculation See what we did wrong, what we did right how we can repeat the good, how we can get in the way of the bad, and so on. Talks about what the Quran says about that, and he says some other things too here. That's about, yeah, about ten pages for that. And then finally, he talks about taqwa, and then taqwa is a different take on it than I, than than other teachers that I've been that I've seen. He has a different take, but he says when in the beginning he says that I am going to give you the taqwa that Hajj Nasruddin Al-Tusi gives yeah right there in the beginning of the chapter he says Muhaqqiq Al-Tusi says this and so he'll explain it the way he sees it it's a different type of taqwa that we've you've grown us accustomed to hearing about which has to do with the wajib and haram of Allah and refraining from the haram and observing the wajibat there's some other things he adds to that which you can might maybe call higher levels and degrees of taqwa so that's section number two Section number two, getting us ready for section number three. I don't even know if we'll get this far before it's canceled. Or if we just stop coming, or I stop coming. <laughs> yeah? But if we get here, after 200-something pages, and I will skip some parts. Some parts I'll feel that you know are not too relevant. I will skip those parts. Number three, the part that I'm looking forward to the most, and maybe in another life that we have, when we're doing this book again we'll skip the first two sections and we'll just start with section number 3 right but in this life right now apparently we're going to go through this one as well these first two sections the third section is the maqamat is those ranks is what these people actually go through and experience and feel now is it they're going to see angels and things like that no 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 it's other things yeah first thing he has an introduction where he talks about how What does it even mean to grow spiritually? What kind of movement is this? He talks about how it's a vertical movement, but then he explains what vertical means. He says sometimes you're in this dunya, you might even move vertically from one destination to another, but in the grander scheme of things, from an Irfani perspective, that vertical motion was actually a horizontal motion. Only vertical motion that you have in the world of Irfan and Akhlaq, The only vertical motion that you have is the one that philosophy talks about, which is you actually growing into something else. That is a vertical movement. Other than that, it's not vertical. It's all horizontal. That means you're not making any progress. Yeah. And then he talks about how this spiritual growth in different schools of thought might be different. From a theological perspective, akhlaqi growth means one thing from a philosophical one, from an Irfani one, it all has different meanings and I'm thinking that he's going to probably share with us his understanding of what growth actually is Alright, but what are these levels? He says level number one is Iman Iman, he explains that Iman, in my opinion, is not one of the first stages It's preliminary But then he explains, he says the only reason that we brought it though is because Atus he brought it in his book So we'll explain it and everything but in reality it's not one of those stages It actually st- starts with some other things So he goes on, number one is Iman What does he talk about that? He talks about the tranquility of the heart and body of a mu'min He talks about how Iman can sometimes be mixed with shirk You can be mu'min but you can be mushrik at the same time you, I've talked about this before here and there He talks about how shirk in reality is the root of all sins Okay. Now, not that we, if I sin that I believe in some idol, there's an explanation to that Mushrikane akhlaqi, he also talks about Akhlaqi mushriks okay. It's interesting, never heard of that one before I mean, You might hear like, mushrik mulana, but you never hear akhlaqi mushrik yeah. <laughs> Alright, and then the, and how the mu'mineen are free of all shirk he talks about all of these things. And then he talks about thubat or thabat, which means steadfastness, that's number two. Number three, niyyah, intention. Number four, sidq, truthfulness. Now this doesn't mean don't lie, it means something else, we'll get to it. Inaba, number five. Inaba means disconnecting from all except for Allah. Number six, he talks about ikhlas and purification of, you know, the intention that we have, or more than that even, I haven't looked at this one talks about people who sit for 40 days and do something for 40 straight days, how the hadith talks about how hikmah and wisdom will flow from their tongues and from, from them as a result of continuously doing something for 40 days. We'll see if he points out or not, if he believes that 40 itself itself has importance or not. Can it be 41 days? Is it 40 here just signifying you know repetition? What is it exactly? Let's see if he covers that. Yeah and then he talks about ikhlas pendari when we think that there's ikhlas but there isn't ikhlas Yeah <coughs> and that's an important one I have stuff to say there too And then number 7 isolation khalwa isolation talks about isolation and tahajjud staying up at night you know for for ibadah talks about isolation while you're in the middle of society does isolation mean that I get up and go in the mountains it, says, it talks about the secret and the secret ingredient of khalwa and isolation It talks about the isolation of the Holy Prophet Well, the Holy Prophet was amongst the people, so what kind of isolation are we talking about here? It must mean something special And then he talks about how waking up before Fajr has what it has to do with our daily affairs and you know, the daily life that we have throughout the day That's number seven, isolation Isolation is one of those important ones, I'll tell you right now. Isolation, in, in its real sense, not the one that you go into the mountains or something. No, no. no. This is a special is special, and I've seen people who were there amongst us, but they were you could tell they were isolated. yeah, and they were interesting people. Tafakkur, number eight: reflection. It talks about the main things that you have to keep in mind when you have reflection in Tafakkur. Closed-mindedness he talks about. So if there's tafakkur and reflection, you have to be aware of closed-mindedness at the same time. And what the fruit of this tafakkur can be if it really is done properly, this reflection is really done. What are we supposed to reflect over? What are we supposed to do? That's number eight. Number nine is fear and grief. Both have a a good version and a bad version, he says. So we got to figure that part out as well. Some people... They feel that you know, the more grief they have, the more fear of Allah they have, it's good Well we'll see, is that the case or not? What is the threshold? You know, what is that red line? Where after that, no we're in trouble, we're not supposed to have that much fear We're not supposed to have that much grief On the flip side, some people don't have it at all They're too jolly, is that good? Is that not good? Let's see what, if, he talk, if he talks about those things That's number 8 On the flip side, Raja, number 10 Raja, which is hope the raja of as salik, what's it supposed to look like? A spiritual wayfarer's hope, what's it supposed to look like? Is it just like every other person's hope? Number 11, sabr and patience. Number 12, shukr, gratitude to Allah. 13, irada, willpower. 14, shok. Okay, slowly we're getting into the things that I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, okay? Here it starts. Number 14 is shok. We all know what shok means, right? Ishtiyak, shok, mushtaq. Do we have that word? What, what's, the, what's the English for it? Where are you sister? Shok. when you have shok. No, no, it's more than interest You long for something, passion Shok, passion, <clears throat> shoukh, passion. Mahab, Number 15, mahabbah, love True love versus false love Having love to the other people who are creation of Allah He discusses as well you can't not have love towards them, even if they're bad people. And then be in love with Allah, he says. I think he's going to probably say that. <laughs> Number 16, Ma'rifah. The different levels of Ma'rifah. The Qur'an inviting us to Ma'rifah. The Ma'asumin inviting us to Ma'rifah. And by the way, as we go through all of this, we have to see and give ourselves this reality check that over all these years that we've been doing Islamic work, how much are we uh, focusing on these matters? It's very important as well. If we're not doing it right, then we have to think of a change or make a change. Number 17 Yaqeen. What is ilmul yaqeen? What is haqqul yaqeen? These are things I'm scared of. I don't even know how to get to this part. I don't know. What are the outcomes of yaqeen? What does yaqeen entail? Number 18 is sukun, tranquility. You see, this is what they're going through. The different types and categories of sukun. When I'm in that wayfaring and that motion towards that, my destination, what if I get some instability? So instability while I'm in motion, it talks about that. What about the tranquility that comes after instability? It talks about that. Yeah, as I said, like, I don't even know what that means, we have to see. Tawakkul number 19. Number 20, rida. Yes, rida means satisfaction. Twenty-one Taslim, submission. Twenty-two, Tawheed. So twenty-two. I always thought we all had Tawheed, right? Or, or else we're not Muslim, right? Why is number 22, Tawheed? Okay. Then okay, if that's number 22, then what then that's the highest, right? That's God and Tawheed and the oneness of God. <coughs> there must be there must be nothing after that, right? He says no. Twenty-three is ittihad. Okay. So, Tawheed in Arabic is a verb that, is an infinitive of a verb that you do. When you Tawheed, when you do Tawheed of somebody, that means you are, you do, you wahadahu, that means you make him one. Right? When I do something, what does that imply regarding somebody else? When I look at somebody as one and I see them as one, right? There's a me and there is a him and I am making him one That's a problem Because there's a me still So Tawheed is 22, but 23 is Ittihad It's not me pointing to him, he's one Now Ittihad means oneness of two things They're stuck together actually Right? So I'm not pointing to him anymore Right? But then that's the highest, right? No, no, no Then you have 24, which is Wahda Oneness That means it's only him apparently not even me, Once, these are things you gotta, we have to get to, these can be experienced. I'm, I'm sitting here talk, talking away, But I, I, and, some, and sometimes people get away with this. They talk about these things and people are like, oh my god, he must be very spiritual. No, I have no idea what I'm talking about, okay? But these are these three levels, Tawheed, Ittihad, Wahda. It reaches a point where you, uh, he says maqam <laughs> fana That's, huh, look at that, that's the last one on the list. The, yeah, so you know what you're talking about, huh? (laughs) Yes. yeah. So under Wahda, apparently another term for that is Fana, yeah. Which is self-annihilation, not that you go up and say, Allahu Akbar, no, none of that. What is meant here is that you have, kind of, you're there but you're not there anymore. You have dissolved in Allah's existence as if. Just like how, you know, when you, when you dissolve sugar into tea, the sugar is there but it's not there as if. Something like that, something like that. I don't know how much he's going to talk about these. I think he's going to keep it very, yeah, it doesn't look like he spends too much talking about them. But these are the maqamat of the arifin according to Muhaqiq Atusi's uh, categorization. Um, and the sequence that he has and that Ayatollah Jawadi has followed. As I said, he has some critiques to this, but all in all, he wouldn't have gone by it if he doesn't accept it himself. So we're going to go through all of these, inshallah, starting next week. As I said, and I'm ending now. Uh, first of all, we start. I'm going to try my best to start on the dot. Today we started 7.30 on the dot. Um, and what time is it now? 8.07. So we've been going on for 37 minutes. We've been going on for 37 minutes, so like, as I said, between 30 to 40 minutes, you know, we're going to sit together and just go over this um, the, the, the the poster says, it has five dates on it, the poster, right? For those of you who weren't here in the beginning, these will just be continuously, going weekly, every week Because it's on a Tuesday night, usually there's nothing going on anywhere on a Tuesday night, right? Except for Mizan Live before this And so... Um, we can, it can be consistent insha'Allah that's, that's what I'm hoping for that it can stay consistent um, so that's just up to winter break, after winter break we'll put out the real, the actual flyer for you know, weekly until whenever until Ya'amul Qiyamah, insha'Allah will go on until we can finish this, or get as much we can out of it inshallah. are there any questions before I end? yes <laughs> I don't know, you have to tell us. I'm going to end. Walhamdulillahi <laughs> Rabbil <laughs> 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 tell myself.